Welcome to BIV Today. I'm Tyler Orton. Now, a new forecast is out this week from the Business Council of British Columbia and projects the province's economy will grow 5.8% this year. That's up from previous estimates. In fact, the report states that the province is, quote-unquote, close to firing on all cylinders. So with us to break it all down is the co-author of the forecast, as well as the chief economist of the Business Council of BC, that is Ken Peacock. Ken, thanks once again for joining us on the show today. Thanks for having me, Tyler. Good to be with you. Well, I got to ask, you know, we see mass vaccinations going on. BC, Canada as a whole have some of the best vaccination rates across any jurisdictions in the globe. Uh, How much of a role is that playing with regards to your forecast for the economy here? Yeah, it's. Uh, I guess it's a somewhat of a bold claim to to say the economy's almost firing in all cylinders. Well, while there is this still the the challenge of the pandemic still still with us, we're not uh, we're not past it by any stretch. Um, it, it's it, it's I, we say that just because uh, throughout the the pandemic, interestingly, and that's something we talk up in the report, Tyler, is the the province's export sector fared very well. And it actually helped to dampen or minimize the downturn to, to the degree that was possible. And uh, along with that, related to the resource sector was this inordinate amount of construction activity in large capital projects. That, too, provided a, a big lift. So we have that sector and we think momentum in no, those areas is going to continue. And then in the sort of professional services category, that was very, very strong expansion uh, in the pandemic. And that's going to continue. And then we layer on top of that the reopening uh, of consumer services and the gradual reopening of tourism uh, and retail is actually very robust now. So all these different segments of the economy that economists track are actually poised to uh, to turn up and be very strong this uh, this year over the next couple of years, Tyler. So that's kind of why we framed our outlook that way. Well, the other interesting thing, though, is, you know, uh, BC growth is projected kind of trail Canada as a whole in terms of Canada's GDP growth this year. But our economy has been quite resilient here on the West Coast. So why is there kind of that divergence between what's going on in BC this year and what's going on in the rest of Canada? Yeah, a couple couple things. I think I would just start off by saying, you know, we're, we're talking 6% growth uh, these are big numbers for an advanced, uh, mature economy like BC's or, or like Canada's. And we were also talking, you know, large downturns. So if we're talking a few percentage points, two or three tenths of a percent, you know, it's, it's very difficult to be that accurate at any time as a forecaster. It's very, very difficult to be that accurate in, in this kind of environment. So, yes, we're a little bit behind Canada. But uh, the other reason for that, Tyler, of course, is the downturn in BC in 2000 was much more moderate than it was in other provinces. So in that sense, we're not coming out of as big of a hole as the other provinces. And you get more of a rebound effect or a lift out of a a deeper hole when uh, when you talk about growth numbers, when you make year over year comparisons. So the reality is the fact that BC did relatively well is is it means that our our upswing and our rebound won't be quite as vigorous and as robust as Canada's. Really, it's a good news story. Uh, What it means is BC actually this year is going to return to its pre pandemic level of output. Uh, and that's not something that we're going to see happen in Canada un- until next year. So BC is quite in a, in a quite a different position than uh, most other provinces across the country. 
Yeah, I noticed, you know, you go look at Ontario and Quebec, their lockdowns were far more stringent than we saw here in BC. But we also had like big capital projects that were still moving ahead. Are those kind of the reasons why we were a little bit buffered compared with other large provinces this past year? Yeah, absolutely. It's quite it's quite interesting, actually, Tyler. And I mean, I, I do encourage any, anybody to, that's at all interested in this and, and some of the differences over the past couple of years to to go to our website and download the report just because it, it is so striking. Uh, if you break out the goods sector and the services sector in BC, our goods producing industry, which is, you know, merchandise exports, manufacturing, construction, uh, think our resource industries, forestry, mining, uh, you know, natural gas, these types of things. That sector, the goods industry, all inclusive, barely contracted in 2020. It, it's almost unbelievable, actually. Uh, it fell 0.3%. And if you look at the other large provinces across the country, their goods producing sector declined five, six, six and a half percent. Um, so for for just because of the structure and the, and the fact that we had these large capital projects here in BC, very different on the good side of the economy. However, if we flip over to the services side of the economy, and this is where BC we maybe had a little less stringent lockdowns than other provinces, but uh, on the services side, BC is right there with the other provinces, uh, contractions of six, six and a half percent in terms of the total value of output of services. So the differentiator for British Columbia really was that export sector, uh, keeping construction activity going, keeping our export producers uh, up, up and operating and, and running. And just the alignment of our industries uh, as well as our markets uh, helped uh, pr- provide some protection and resilience for British Columbia. I'm curious, you know, like what is it that we've been exporting that has really kept our, our economy afloat? I, I think about like lumber prices are, are now coming back down to earth, but um, what are the typical things that have been helping boost us? As you mentioned, that exports ha- has provided, you know, such a vital yeah, role. Yeah, one of the big factors was exactly that lumber. The surge in lumber prices meant the value uh, of uh, lumber exports to the U.S. mostly. Uh, really, really took off. It surged to new highs. The other big one is mining. Uh, The value of mining output uh, shipped to overseas jurisdictions uh, is is way, way up. Um, It was up in 2020 and it continues to be an an area of strength. And then natural gas prices were stronger and natural gas uh, output and and drilling activity was also a source of strength. So you really look across the sort of those traditional resource industries in BC and they they really did provide a boost uh, and a lift. There are some services, elements of service exports. uh, They're a little bit more difficult to identify that were also strong, but our traditional service exports, uh, film and television, and uh, tourism, of course, international tourism were, were terribly hurt in the downturn and, and the, uh, the COVID year. But with the reopening of film and television production, that really is, once again, a vibrant sector and, and uh, an area that is really driving BC service exports. And we call film and television uh, an export as, a, as economists simply because even though the production that happens here, most most film products uh, that are produced, the money flows from outside British Columbia, you know, to think Hollywood, uh, up to British Columbia. So that's a, an export in that the money flows into British Columbia when we produce the, the production. 
Yeah, yeah, I think I, I recall from the reports, you know, the film and TV industry contracted last year by more than 13%, whereas over the preceding decade, it had like average growth of 11% or almost 12%. So that's just kind of a, a huge gap <laughs> between like where that industry in particular was going. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, impre- I'm impressed with your attention to detail, Tyler. Um, the yeah, that that's one that is one of the things about uh, this COVID recession that was interesting. A couple of our industries that were very very robust and very very active, uh, film and television being one. The other leading another leading growth industry was air transportation, air transportation services. You know, YVR was expanding routes, uh, tourism was robust. Uh, and then, of course, when when the closures came, that that fell. And in the air transportation sector, this numbers I happen to remember from the table as well, declined. The output of the air transportation sector fell 75 percent in 2020. So as that industry reopens, we're going to see, you know, a, a big rebound there as well. Yeah, that's tough to hear. Only I'll, I'll make it about me for a second. But I, I work summers in university over at YVR, and there's people there that uh, just love that job. They stuck around after their summer students, and I just know that they had a tough go of it, and a lot of them were furloughed. And so it's kind of tough, especially like YVR is just so busy. So to kind of see it just like tank like that. But what do you think the potential is? for, I guess, international tourism to kind of get going this year and, and perhaps add that much more of a boost to the economy? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, Tyler. And it's actually one we, we kind of scratch our heads over a, a fair amount. I'm very confident that we are going to see a, bit, a, a very buoyant and vigorous recovery in the international tourism space and, and tourism generally. And I say that just because there's this, you know, this term that economists use, pent-up demand, on top of it, households uh, have saved uh, a fair amount of money uh, during this debt or during the, the past year, year and a half. So, so it, it, the the upturn and the, and the reopening is coming. It's just it's just a matter of when. And when I look out and try and make sense of what's happening, it's it's the variation in the pace of vaccines across country and the the reality that some countries are experiencing resurgence in the virus so it's this unevenness across countries that i think is going to be the biggest challenge but i think we're going to see uh, you know some some recovery and some return of international tourism later later in this year but unfortunately it's not really until 2022 where we're going to see uh, a, a a bigger return and then then of course uh, i don't know if i want to crack this door open but uh, then of course the the operators and the uh, of the anyone in the tourism sector there particularly the international segment is going to have the challenge of getting up and going again and rehiring people after you know like you were saying potentially being furloughed for a year year and a half so that is another big question mark as we move forward and with a reopening well, I'm thinking now about the people that they might be hiring. Um, Ottawa plans on bringing in, I think, 1.2 million new immigrants over the next three years. And uh, you you guys call this plan, I, I think you use the word odd in uh, the forecast. And uh, I'm just reporting here, but I always kind of assume that more people you bring in, kind of the, the more that the economy expands. So why is there a little bit wariness on the Business Council's part about Ottawa's immigration goals? Yeah, it's it's the timing. I mean, it, it's very difficult to make sense what's going on here right now, Tyler, because you do hear uh, employers talk about hiring challenges, you know, in this uh, services, consumer services space, uh, if they have been shut down, rehiring tight labor markets. 
At, at the same time, the unemployment rate remains well above where it was prior to the pandemic. I think in BC, we're still around 7%, and it was just over 5% heading into the pandemic. So there's this, this glut of workers that has not been reabsorbed into the labor market. And so we're just sort of, you know, call, calling a little bit of attention to the reality is there's some challenges, particularly for younger workers. That's where most of the pain exists, as well as new immigrants um, that, that have just come to the country recently. That, that's where a lot of the hiring uh, and more unemployment resides. So we're just, you know, wondering if this is the most opportune time to have record levels uh, of immigrants coming into the country. We will need them in the future. Uh, absolutely. But uh, record numbers at a time when the economy is kind of struggling to reabsorb uh, still uh, tens and thousands of workers. It's, it's something that, that is, is worth at least asking, we would say. Yeah, I can understand still some uh, question marks hanging around the economy at this point. But um, look, if the Business Council uh, had its druthers, it could recommend any idea that the uh, province would have to implement. What would uh, get us moving even more at a clip at this point? What, what do you think are some of those kind of uh, solutions that would work? Yeah, the um, so I, if you're if you're kind of talking, you know, a, a medium term growth strategy. Right now, let's just, we'll just I'll just take a step back for a minute. Uh, if you look at the amount of stimulus in the economy, uh, mostly federal, but there's a bunch of provincial, uh, and the U.S. is a wash of stimulus, spending trillions of dollars. Uh, this, if I was a policymaker now, I would let a lot of that stimulus do its work and, and run through, and I would be looking more towards medium-term strategy, something that can see, uh, you know, help build the provincial economy and sustain growth uh, over the medium term, just because I think, you know, these forecast numbers, 6% this year, almost 5% next year, these are big numbers and we, you know, you do run the risk of overheating. So I would be looking towards more of a medium-term strategy and I would have squarely in in my sights uh, the industries that BC is good at and, and that we have success exporting uh, we describe them as sort of export capable industries. And I would be looking to support and, and nurture uh, those sectors. And so that means, you know, BC's resource sector, simplifying operations and activity on the land base. It's something that is said over and over and over, but it really is getting inordinately complicated for businesses to operate uh, anything on the land base, environmental regulations, First Nations issues, uh, permitting processes, uh, on and on it goes. So anything that can be done to streamline and simplify that. I would also look to tax rates, Tyler, because another area that we've been very, very successful in, and it, it just it shows up so clearly in the data, is these whole this whole professional services, scientific technical services, computer services. Uh, we've been seeing uh, well above average, sort of leading growth in these in that that space for a decade. And again, in the downturn, they're very resilient. So I would be looking to these emerging sectors as well. And when you think about these emerging sectors, those professional services areas, you know, it really is the human capital, the human skills element that drives those. So, uh, you know, BC currently has the highest top marginal tax rate uh, for personal income taxes or one of the highest in the country. And it's definitely high in a North American context. So I would uh, actually be looking to trim those slightly and to to help attract talent into the region. And I certainly wouldn't be increasing them uh, above where they currently are. So those, those are a couple things uh, I would consider, Tyler. 
Well, I'll leave you off with this question, but on the consumer side of things, you know, do you get the sense that there's just like a lot of pent up demand to, you know, spend, whether you're going into stores, hitting restaurants or even movie theaters again? Yeah, I I definitely do. Uh, And if we look at retail sales, the car sales are at at record numbers. They've surged over the past six months. Uh, Same with spending in stores. In fact, all the elements of retail, clothing stores, food stores, car stores, building supplies, uh, general merchandise stores, they're all well above uh, the, the sales in those different segments are all well above where they were prior to the pandemic. Uh, the one exception is clothing stores. So consumers are already out spending and, and spending heartily. If anything, the past couple months have seen a little bit of a leveling off and a slowdown. But I do expect uh, ongoing strength in the in the retail space, just pre- precisely because of what you said. There's a little bit of pent up demand. And then really, uh, the amount of savings that have been accumulated by households over the past 18 months really is quite extraordinary. Uh, record levels of, of savings. So uh, that that money is going to be deployed at some point as well as things continue to reopen up. So this, you know, back to where you opened up. This is one of the reasons that we say, you know, the economy almost firing on all cylinders is just because of the strength in the consumer uh, retail space and, and the accumulated savings and the reality that that money is going to be spent. Well, excellent. Ken, it's always a pleasure talking to you. I just want to thank you once again for joining us on the show today. Well, thank you for having me, Tyler. That is Ken Peacock. He is the Chief Economist of the Business Council of British Columbia. That's it for the show today, but we have a story up on BIV.com that delves into this forecast, and we'll also link to the Business Council's report right there in the story, so you can take a look there. For now, I just want to thank everyone for listening. We'll be back after the weekend. Awesome, Ken. We'll get you to just...